Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Chargers brings five. in the middle. And it is intercepted. Derwin James, after the contact, comes away with the pick and goes out of bounds. Another one of those Charger first-round picks. Derwin James, who has been battling injuries first part of the year. Mooney couldn't hang on after the hit by Aloe Gilman. And the other safety, James, comes away with the INT. Welcome back into the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore 2. The Bears lose to the Chargers 32-13. I'm Mark Grody. I have the luxury of a couple of former Bears here, Patrick Manley and Olin Krutz both. And uh, Tyson Bajan tonight, that was one of his two picks, the, the great Derwin James making the play in that case. Tonight, uh, Tyson Bajan's numbers, 25 of 37, 232 yards. He did have two interceptions on the night. And you know, I thought that the the first pick, that was a rough one. Second quarter, it's 14 nothing Chargers, so the game is very well in their you know eyesight still at that point. But he gets picked on a third and eight on that particular play. So Tyson Bajan had good moments. He had bad moments tonight. And my question for you guys in regards to Tyson Bajan is, or my first question is, did he look like a rookie to you guys, or did he just look like a backup? Ooh. He, he looked like Pat to me, especially on that interception to Jasheer Taylor, right? Uh, the interception you're talking about, Grody, the one that looked bad on that third yeah. and eight. He predetermined where he wanted to go with that ball. And then I don't know if there's a miscommunication on the route, I look like it was Mooney and Moore, or you can't ever really tell what was actually called there, right? But it looked like it was a bad throw by Beijing, but it looked like to me that he put on film what he was. They slowly figured it out. They took it away. They made him do the things he didn't want to do, even though he hit Mooney on that ball, deep ball, and then uh, Bayless either falls down or Beijing underthrows it. But they're going to keep forcing you, Pat, as you know, in this league, when you show you can't, can't do something or they're going to force you to do what you don't want to do and you have to get good at it. So in that way, he definitely looked like a rookie who finally who put on, not finally, but who put on film what he was against the Raiders and a, a good defensive coordinator 
like Staley, takes that away and forces you to be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, there were moments, too, that he looked like a backup. You know, that I that wasn't a terrible game by Tyson Bajan, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't a pretty good. good way to put it, actually, it, Pat. It, yeah, that, that, but, like but what we saw last week was pretty amazing, pretty impressive, and we've said it. You know, you had a young kid from Shepherd College coming in and winning an NFL game against a 3-3 three and three team, and then, like you said, Olin, you put stuff on tape, and now you're going to get it. Um, you're going to get game plan against it. What also, too, is what he can do going forward. Now he knows how defenses are going to start to challenge him, try to limit him, and now he's going to have to work on his game at this NFL level. So it's got to go both ways. And I, I just – overall, it just wasn't terrible. I was mm-hmm. hoping this story became something great and grand, right? I wanted yeah. this week us talk about he needs to be starting even if Justin <laughs> Fields is healthy and all that kind of stuff. But he came back to earth, and and that's what the, the smart NFL people were saying, that he's going to get schemed, he's going to get coached up, uh, coached against, and he's going to come down to earth a little bit, and he did. But then there was also some plays where he looked comfortable. He still looks in command of the offense, still looks very comfortable under the center of setting protections and understanding what's going on. There were some times he, I think he looked a little more confused than he did last week just because I think Staley did a better job of the game planning him. But overall, it just, it just my, my evaluation of him is it wasn't terrible. Is that a good – Good way to put it. I don't know, but that's just the way I look at that entire game. I, I love that. That's yeah, your mean, whole part. That... You know, it's yes. your whole part involved in yep. a 30 to 13 loss. Yep. But to your point, Pat, I mean, to, to your defense, I mean, there was that 14 play touchdown drive, right? Mm-hmm. Where he executed a bunch of third downs out there and, and was impressive on that drive. Looked like he knew where the blitz was coming from. Uh, looked like he knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. So to your point, uh, there were flashes again of, hmm, right? That's all yeah. you think when you watch Bages sometimes is, hmm. There's a little more there than than if you just said, nah, this guy is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah exactly. I think it's it's still, to me, it's a it's a no decision on exactly what Tyson Bajan becomes or even is, but for sure, like, to me, it just – and we're going to get to your calls here in just a second. But to me, it just there was never, despite even the 41-yard bomb to start the game, and that was terrific. That was fantastic. I mean, that was, hey, you could even put that down as a middle finger from Tyson Bajan <laughs> or from Luke Getze, like with everybody like saying, you got it, can this guy throw down field? And then he, you know, winds up and, you know, rainbows it down to 41 yards to, to Darnell Mooney. Despite that, I never felt like there's like a danger factor with Bajan. He didn't feel like once they fell behind, it was like, oh man, I don't think this guy is going to be the type of quarterback in this start, no. in this circumstance to bring them back. Yeah, I, just, I, I felt the game was over. I mean, I'm going back and looking at it. The first series was ugly. Second series, they had what, three flags and four plays, including one of the punt plays. And then you had the interception. And that's what it's. Then they went up 17 0. I'm like, ah. You know, oh. we, we just you don't believe in Bajant that you're going to be able to come back and win this game. It's a tough do you, ask. Do you believe? Do you believe in Fields could maybe do it? I would maybe mm-hmm. yes. Now that now I'm thinking about it this way, I don't know. I would have a a, a greater feeling that maybe Fields could bring you back just because he has his legs and dynamic plays that he could do getting out of the pocket. But when Bajant got into that situation, I you know I thought the game was over. But if I'm going to value and I'm looking forward to watching the tape, I think a Poles and an Eberflus and a Getzey when they look at him. You know, Matt Spiegel had what the QB two party last week. I think that's I what there. you would—that's what you would love to have, right? You would love if he turns into a good second ba- or backup quarterback. I think the greatest thing that could happen: Justin Fields comes back, 
proves he's your franchise quarterback. And then you have a young guy, Tyson Bajant, that could be your number two quarterback. Yeah. That, to me, would answer all the questions and, and get me excited uh, for, the Bears, for the Bears' future. Olin, what do you think if the chances I took my of that shovel out and I was, If I was to get my shovel out and I was digging for positives, right, it would be that, it would be that 14-play drive after the interception, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you throw an interception, uh, you expect someone to go into the tank a little bit and, and, and maybe not want to throw the ball anymore and be afraid to throw it out there, but he didn't. He came right back. He drove the field down and sco- uh, dro- drove the offense down there, and they scored a touchdown, right? So uh, if you're looking for positives, that would be it, right? That would be what you're looking for there out of Tyson Bajan to pick himself up off the mat, and then, you know, they score on that Darrington Evans sweep, right, behind uh, Darnell Wright leading him into the end zone. So that was a good drive. That was maybe the highlight of, of the whole day for the offense, right? There was nothing else more that went on. So... Uh, in, in, in Chicago here, the Chicago Bears in Illinois, we continue, we continue to look for a quarterback, a spark on offense. Uh, we go against these good teams, and we just look outmatched. And that's not only the quarterback, and we know that with Justin Fields also, that it's not just him. Yeah, that's, that's true. Only really quick, do, in, in Pat's question, do you or mm-hmm. his what he's throwing out there, what would be ideal, Justin Fields, the starter, Tyson Bajan, the backup, where are you on Justin Fields now? Do you still think it's possible that Justin Fields is the future of the Chicago Bears? You know, it's, it's just we talked about this in the pregame show, and, and, I, and I said earlier that I'd like them to stick with Bajan just because I don't think Gessie's going to change his scheme to fit what Justin Fields does best, right? And, and, and my example I gave was the second play of the Minnesota game, he runs a zone read out of a spread offense, uh, something he probably ran at Ohio State, and he gained 13 yards, and we never saw it again, right? So uh, we talked about the sweep to Trent Taylor, uh, even the Wildcat, right, to Deontay Foreman, where Lucas Patrick had a holding call, and they're faking a reverse. Uh, they got Deontay Foreman running Wildcat, one-handing fake a reverse. Uh, it's just something in me just says why sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Why are we doing this? And it's just, um, I don't know, uh, Mark, to your to your question is, if that's the offense you're going to run, if it's going to be a quarterback in the pocket, if you're going to go to empty, if it's going to be play action, if we're going to sit in the pocket all day, then you might as well stick with Bajan because I don't think we've – I think we've seen enough of Justin Fields to know that he won't excel in that kind of offense. Yeah, it's true. This is the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. The Bears lose to the Chargers 30-13. to Mark Grody, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley with you. And let's get back to you with your calls at 312-644-6767. We start it back up with Cornell in Chicago. Hello, Cornell. You're on the score. Okay. We're, we've lost Cornell. We're going to Ray in Orland Park. Hello, Ray. You're on the score. Hey, Mark. Guys, good to talk to you. So I think of three things I want to take away from this game. One, officially the Bears are a get-well game for other teams. Totally. The, Chiefs, the Vikings. <laughs> The, for, the, Her- the for Herbert, oh, man, he was getting Herbert, well, get Herbert, well they were talking about it like Herbert boy. He's been out of sorts lately, but he just had one of his most dominant halves all year. And then also, where was this Khalil Mack when he was with the Bears? He had the one like debut game that he kind of just was average at best. He was a monster today. Boy, we would have loved that Chicago where maybe still be here. But the reason I called was because of Bayless Jones. You guys kind of talked about it earlier, but why is he still on the team? Rarely do you watch football and say, I could have done that. And 
I could have caught that pass. I could have not touched the returner. Why is he still on this team? Yep. Okay. Thank. Thanks. Thanks for the call. And just to for people who are just joining us, Valus Jones Jr. slipped and fell wide open in the end zone on a ball that would have or very well could have been a touchdown. He also had a fair catch interference tonight, which is just sloppy. So I don't know, guys. And Pat, I'll start with you. I don't know if there's anything else that you can add to Valus Jones that we didn't discuss before, but uh, the caller pretty irate that Valus Jones still on this roster. Yeah, I just with the way he's playing on, on the offense and then making those penalties, is it time to put Tyler Scott back there at kick returner? Yeah, he did some of that And then you could open up another roster spot or find somebody else to fill in as a gunner. I think he's on, uh, uh, on the outside on kickoff. Um, <clears throat> on the kickoff team, he's obviously the returner. But, you know, if he's not producing as a wide receiver – then you can use Tyler Scott as your returner and a wide receiver and then find somebody else in the coverage positions. Uh, is that something maybe they'll be talking about and maybe they change? But um, he's just not producing enough for me right now for, for what we were sold and what he was expected to be. Yeah, that, you're exactly what we were sold. He was a dynamic football player. That's why you take him in the third round of the 2022 draft, right? That's why you take a guy who – is a returner and kind of a gadget player kind of guy that he's going to be dynamic, that his speed is going to make a difference in a game somewhere. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say too that Bajan, I thought underthrew that ball, but Vela still has to come up with it. He can't slip. The ball still hit him in the hands, hit him in the stomach, uh, hit him off the leg, and then fell on, on the turf. So he had a few chances to catch that ball. We need that play at that moment. Now they do score on that drive anyway, right? They come up with seven points. That is their drive. They convert that next third and eight right away to Cole Komet. So they do score on that drive, but as far, if we're just talking about the player, uh, you know, the, the answer to Ray's question is, he's still on a team. He still gets a jersey on Sunday because he's a third-round pick, right? And they got to see, give him every chance to make the play, and his speed is enticing when he gets the ball in his hands, but he just has not done it enough. And like you guys pointed out, there always seems to be some kind of miscue when he's around the ball. Yeah, that's all, always something. Let's go to Pedro and Desplaines. Pedro, you're on the Great Clips post-game show presented by Tullamore Dew. Hello, gentlemen. How's your night going? <laughs> as well as Could we be better, be. Pedro. Could be better. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a lot better. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I watched the first half, and I, saw, I noticed that DJ never got the ball. He only got three targets the entire first half. And I think it's a major problem, especially when you're trying to set up a young quarterback, um, especially like in a second start from a D2 team. And they never really like let Dante Foreman, you know, run the ball, especially, um, you know, when he had the hot hand. I don't know what are you guys thoughts on that. Gentlemen, did they, again, I mean, it seems like this happens every, you know, second game or so that DJ Moore gets left out of the party. I, I don't yeah, understand. People taking him away, right, yep, Pat? People yep. taking him away. And, and But to our earlier point, right, if, if you're going to run a jet sweep, run it to him, mm-hmm. right? Give, give him a wide receiver screen. Pop, they popped the ball out to him uh, in the first half, and I think he got seven or eight yards. He's just, you know, uh, you heard Chris Collinsworth say, like, you didn't realize how strong this guy was. We got to find a way, whether it's in a slot, get him in motion. We got to find a way to get him the ball. And, and, and Bajan said uh, when he came in, like, I'm going to force feed more of the ball. If I ever see him one on one, I'm throwing it to him. Uh, my question to Bajan then is what happened tonight? 
Mm-hmm. Right? What happened tonight? What did you see tonight? Right? Like while you're winning these press conferences, <laughs> saying the thing everybody wants to hear you say. Now we got to see you do the things you're saying at the press at the podium. Yeah, and then my other thing is just you know the first 15 or whatever first 20 plays, scheme them. You know, scheme him to get the ball. You know, I don't know what that would be, but you can do that. Like you, like you said, the end around, whatever. Just find a way to scheme plays that you work all week to say this is this is how we're going to get the ball in DJ Moore's hand early. And I, I just that needs to be done. And we've seen uh, them have success doing that. And then he ends up going off and having a good game. But he's your best player on offense. Your job, Luke Getze, is to get him the ball. Figure out a way to do that. Yeah, uh, four catches, 55 yards tonight for for DJ Moore. Just looking at a few other numbers as far as the Bears receivers are concerned. Cole Komet, who it seemed like, well, obviously Tyson Bajant was leaning on him and using him well, quite frankly. Cole Komet, 10 catches for 79 yards in the game. And it, you know, Darnell Mooney makes that catch to begin the game tonight. 41-yard bomb that looked, hey, man, this could be Darnell Mooney's big night. And he did not have another catch after that tonight. One catch for 41 yards for Darnell Mooney. And that's just kind of a shame to me, Pat. Go back to Cole Komet. That Were you guys, when they blew the whistle early on him, he looked like he was breaking out of the tackle. Would you, yeah. would you think that was legit or do you think that was an early whistle? I think it was. Um, I think the whistle now stopped them from tackling him, right? I think the whistle. I thought they had him wrapped okay. up. I thought it was okay. kind of an early whistle, mm-hmm. but I think the guys tackling him also stopped. Gotcha. Because of the early sure. whistle. Okay. Yeah, it didn't seem like they they initially. It was definitely pointed out in the broadcast, but they didn't put up much of a fight after that. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven Bears lose to the Chargers thirty to thirteen. We go now to Tom in DeKalb. Tom, you're on the score. Tom. Hi, guys. Yeah. Hi, Tom. Uh, thanks. Listen, um, you know, my thought about the coaching staff, I mean, they is, you know, they, I don't think Eberflus is an NFL head coach, and but that's not really the reason for my call. Tonight, they got beat on the offensive line, and they got beat on the defensive line. And they're going to have some, you know, big draft picks, some high ones next year, and everyone's going to want a quarterback. I wouldn't do that. You need to get a center, first of all. Someone like Olin would be terrific. (laughs) I mean, their (laughs) offensive line needs someone right up the middle who can play the position. You know, Whitehair can't snap it. Patrick can't play it. And it really, really hurts their offense. And then on defense, of course, they, you know, they they can't rush the passer. So, at any rate, um, that's my thought. Tom, have a wonderful day. Uh, Oh, I'm going right to you on on center. Mm -hmm. Lucas Patrick, he did have back-to-back penalties at one point in this game, he he was questionable going in. He did, you know, to his credit, he started. Play, I think he played the whole game out there. You know, obviously dealing with something as far as his back is concerned. But what do you have to say about Lucas Patrick and and the the future of the position? Doug Kramer, you know, what's he got, and is is that realistic? You know, in the future that Kramer could be the Bears center. Well, as far as Doug Kramer goes, we'd have to see him in the regular season, right? Against. Uh, uh, NFL starter type players. We've only seen him in a preseason. 
it's, it's hard to really, what I saw in the preseason, I will say this, you do want to see him in a regular season game, right? And, and see what he has and see what he brings to the ta- table. As far as Lucas Patrick, I think they're paying him $4 million a year, right? I think Travis Kelsey is the number one uh, paid center in the world right now. He makes $16 million a year. I, I think he plays right about what you paid him. So you get what you pay for in life. And, and, and the thing about Lucas Patrick is, uh, is he an all-pro? Is he a Pro Bowl type? No. But he's probably giving you what you're, about you're asking from him there. They have to keep developing a Darnell Wright, a Tevin Jenkins. The first-round picks have to develop Pat into all-pro, Pro Bowl type players. Right? I was a third-round pick. Uh, you got Cody Whitehair. Uh, you got Braxton Jones hopefully coming back. But yes, to his point, to the caller's point, would I like to see more assets in the offensive line? Anybody who's listened to me on the radio over the last how long I've been on the radio, I've asked for those assets to be put in that, those two lines for a long time now. The defensive line today, Pat uh, Herbert, way too comfortable. I think on one of the touchdowns, he had about four and a half seconds for the guy to work across the field uh, against Jalen Johnson and scored a touchdown. You know, that, that D-line, it, it, it amazes me. I find myself some, sometimes during the game just laughing at the screen because of how much time the quarterback has mm. and how mm-hmm. big the pocket is. Like, the pocket's not collapsing. It just it amazes me that nobody can just randomly win a one-on-one. Nobody's beat the, the uh, uh, an O-lineman. I guess it was last week they beat the, uh, the running back, but nobody's beat an O-lineman one-on-one for a clean sack. And it feels like it's been going on since last year as well. But I will say this, looking at the running running stats there, you know, they held them to 2.2 yards per carry. But, yes, they were throwing everything. They didn't really need to run the ball uh, today. But uh, run-wise, they're, they're playing pretty good. You got to give them credit there. But mm-hmm. just it's mm-hmm. it amazes me that they cannot get to the quarterback at all. I mean, and, and, and Gakwe, you know, they talked about that stat of having you know, eight sacks for eight years or whatever. He's, he can't sniff it. Nobody's sniffing the quarterback. And it just mm-hmm. – I, 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 it's it's amazing. It's just really amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's tongue time, right? <laughs> it, it, no, it is. That's just how how somebody can't just win. Like a guy can't even fall down and you beat him. Like it just it doesn't happen. And you just I I, yeah. I find it almost funny. I find myself laughing at the TV screen. Like this is just those are NFL defensive linemen who can't get a single pressure uh, on the quarterback. And and guess what? Uh, somebody paid the price tonight, guys. Dominique Robinson. In his second year in the NFL, in a project guy switched from offense to defense, he uh, he was not active tonight. He was inactive. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. And, and they decided to go with Khalid Kareem. And this brings me to my next question here. Actually, I have to take a break. We'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. a huge miss by mm-hmm. Khalid Kareem in this game. And really the question is, is whether or not I'm allowed to get mad that a defensive player did not make an interception. I will ask that question to Patrick Manley and Olin Krutz when we return on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore. Do your calls as well. I see you guys, 312-644-6767. We are talking about a Bears loss. The Bears fall to 2-6 and six on the season. Chargers 30, Bears 13. More coming up on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Austin Eckler not going to go anywhere as Justin Jones came off the line to not come back and it's a loss on first down for the Chargers and that's exactly what this Bears defense needs they, they allowed more yards in that first half than they allowed in either of the last two full games so that gives you some idea 
of what the Chargers have been doing to them. Now they're getting a little bit of penetration, get up the field. There has to be some negative plays created by this defensive front of the Bears to get them back in the game. Uh, it didn't last. It didn't take ultimately too little, too late. Any of that would apply to Justin Jones's tackle for loss, a TFL on Austin Eckler, third quarter. I mean, you do feel a little re rejuvenated. It was the Bears, really their last stand in the game because they were down by so much. So you needed, it was absolutely essential that people came up with big-time defensive plays. Justin Jones did, but it obviously did not last, and the Bears lose to the Chargers 30-13. to Nonetheless, Justin Jones, that play, that's our hit of the game, sponsored by Estwing Professional Tools, made in the USA for 100 years, estwing.com. I'm Mark Grody, along with Patrick Manley and Olin Krutz, talking about this Bears 30-13 to loss to the Chargers. We're going to get to your calls here in a second at 312-644-6767. But let me ask the question to you guys that I was going to ask as we headed into the break. And that is, it just crushed me when Khalid Kareem did not come up with the interception in the second quarter when it was 14 to nothing Chargers. Guys, am I allowed to be angry that a defensive player did not make an interception in the game, especially one that hadn't been playing previously? Yes. I mean, that, that's his job. He's an NFL player. I know he's a D lineman, but... He's an athlete. He can catch the ball. You know, what you always learn, if you, if you can touch it, you can catch it. If it hits your hand, you can catch it. But that's a game, that's a play that, you know, better players would make, right? And then you change the game. You change the momentum of the game. That's three points they give up there on a field goal, but then you get decent field position. Then you have a chance to maybe make it a seven-point game, but then now it's 17 to nothing, and you don't get the ball. you got to wait for the kickoff and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I, I'd expect him to make the play. It hit him in the hands. Gotcha. I mean, basically hit him in the chest. Mm -hmm. They dropped him right into that hook area on that zone blitz we all know, right, Pat? Yep. They brought Kyler Gordon off the edge. Uh, they moved to what they call cub, right, which is like baby bear. Bear is when they cover all the linemen up, uh, and they're bringing Kyler Gordon off the edge, and uh, they fool the quarterback there. They fool Herbert and drop uh, the defensive end, like you're talking about, uh, Grody, into the hook area right where Herbert threw the ball, and, and a beautiful design by Coach yep. Eberflus. And you would hope that Khalid Kareem would make that play, but let's be honest, right? Uh, who is this Khalid Kareem, and why is, does he have a jersey and he's making league minimum, yep. okay? So yep. uh, if that just talks to the assets being spent into that offense, that defensive and the lines, uh, uh, the trenches. We got to get playmakers in there, guys who can make plays, guys who can change the game, because to Pat talked about earlier against the run. I questioned the run openly with Brisker not playing. I thought it was going to be a problem. Uh, it showed up more safeties. It showed up more in tackling, right? Showed up more on screens. It showed up more uh, like uh, when the big tight end, Parham, caught oh, the man. ball 6'8", running through Tyreek Stevenson for touchdowns. Yeah. But look, um, when, you're, when you're watching this D-line, you're looking for someone who's going to get the sack fumble, who's going to catch the interception, who's going to do the things that has to be done to change the game, and they're just not there right now. So, yes. Uh, I mean, he's probably more disappointed than anybody, sure. Grody, because that's how you make more money is you make those plays. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you stay active on Sundays mm -hmm. when, when you make yep. those plays. Man, uh, Pat, Olin just mentioned the 6'8 guy, Donald uh, Parham Jr. That guy, man, he was a load. Like, that's, that's looks like ideal. a cheat code. 
Like he <laughs> built him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got this this massive giant arm goes and out. And that just shows you how good Herbert is, too, and how accurate it is. You know, he looked covered, right? But he puts it out where, you know, where only he can catch it. And that's an elite yeah, quarterback. Yes. An elite quarterback does that. You got to give the guy credit for making the play. And that's a tough play. I think Tariq Stevenson was on him on that, on that one. And, you know, that's, that's, that's an elite quarterback getting your guy open. You know what I mean? And, and using what you got. Now, that, he's, he was an impressive human. Yeah, I mean, no, that, and, that's and, a And great here's point. my problem, guys, right, Mark? Like, here's my problem when we yeah. talk about all of that, right? Like, um, he's playing mostly because Gerald Everett is out, right? Yeah. And, and we're talking about the guys that are out for the Chicago Bears, right? Whether it be Eddie Jackson and Brisker, and what would that secondary look like if those two guys were there? Well, the Chargers would counter me and say, what if Mike Williams and mm-hmm. Gerald Everett and guys like this were playing? <clears throat> How then? Would the Bears look against them? And then that's where you start to wonder where does this team actually match up against the top-tier offenses in the league? And you have to always go back to in the trenches and the fact that you cannot let a quarterback sit in the pocket in today's NFL. Yeah, and he was, you know, Justin Herbert had a terrific night, 31 of 40, 298 yards, three touchdowns, a caller hit on it earlier. It was the same thing that I was thinking. The Bears are providing this comfort for teams where they allow them to get well. You know, they've been talking, you know, some of the theme coming in even tonight. You heard them talking about how Justin Herbert hasn't looked particular, hasn't looked as dominant, I should say, in the last couple of weeks, you know, relative to everybody else that might be fine. But he finally got himself back in order. Let's get back to your calls here. 312-644-6767. Alex is in Lakeview. Hi, Alex. Thanks for waiting, man. You're on the score. Oh, Alex didn't wait. As, as it turns out, you got well, tired. that gives me, that gives, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I understand. That gives me a chance to ask you because we we're talking about the defense here and all the the penalties and the lack of execution. I assume that this is not. I mean, I understand Matt Eberflus is the defensive coordinator, but he didn't call a bad game tonight, did he? Or do you guys like what he did in terms of how he used the defense tonight against the Chargers? I, I thought I thought they scored thirty points. You know what I mean? I think it's a bad game. I think it's a bad game in that defense. Now look, uh, does he have every, all the pieces he needs? No. But but if you can take the credit. Uh, when you hold teams under 20, then you got to take the blame when they put all those points on the board. And I don't know what would be interesting. Now, I have not seen a chart yet, but I don't know how far the ball actually traveled in the air tonight, Pat, right? I don't know, like, were they, they were almost all checkdowns, yep. their big passes, yep. right? They were almost all, like, they broke tackles, there were screens, and they got out and ran. And, and, and to me, uh, you can make the right calls, but but then your defense has to tackle, right? And, and, and what are you working on in practice? And we talked about earlier when he talked about this week, uh, there's no house guests on his defense. So uh, that's a guy taking the credit again, right? Taking the credit, saying, look, uh, that's what we teach. We teach tackling. We teach get to the ball. We teach getting the ball out. Well, then this game comes up out of nowhere where they're checking everything down and no one's tackling, right? So who do you hold accountable for that, Mark? That's a great point. It's 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 true. I'm just swiping through my notes here. It's check down screen, dump pass, check down screen, and that's that's a team when they're getting all those extra yards. You've got to play with effort. You've got to rally to the ball, and you you should have mm-hmm. known that knowing you have an Austin Eckler, that type of running back there, and they're, they're going to try to do that and use him to do that. And it just didn't seem. And you talked about it earlier, Olin. 
they they just weren't flying to the ball like we've seen a couple of these other games uh, about the past three games. I, I don't know why, but that hurt them, and and that's going to show up a lot on the effort and their the hits principle. They're not with the hustle there, getting to the ball, and it just it didn't look like they were flying around a lot. And when you have a game like that, like you're talking about the screens, the dump passes, the checkdowns, that's where you really got to rally the ball, and that that hurt the Bears today. With that, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't yeah, agree with you more when I, when I watched that game. Sorry, Mark. No, that's all good. It's all good. Um, we are in uh, three different places tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes that's going to happen. Let's go to Justin in Rockford. Hello, Justin. You are on the score. Hey, guys. So I just really kind of going into this year, I feel like I was pretty optimistic just with investing that first-round pick in the offensive line with Darnell Wright. And is it just me or – Am I just seeing Cody Whitehair, like, regress really fast? I just kind of want to get Olin your opinion on that. And then lastly, um, you know, I think growing up, you guys, Pat, Olin, you guys were, like, models of consistency and toughness. And until we get a little bit more of that back in the building, I think we're going to continue to struggle. So thanks for the call, guys. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you. Olin, what's your Ol- thoughts on him? Yeah. White- Cody Whitehair. You know, I, on Cody Whitehair, yeah. uh, I, I was just looking up, right? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, uh, what year is this for Cody? How old is he? I think he's 31, right? He'll be 32 this year. I don't know if you can expect him anymore to be your elite lineman, right, Pat? Yep. I think his value comes as a veteran in the building, showing young guys how to prepare every week, showing guys how to get ready, being capable of playing uh, one or two different positions, which is hard for him now because can he play center, right? Can he play center anymore? Uh, so th- these are the times in your career, Pat. Uh, I was an office lineman. I turned 32. This is when you're not as physical as you once was, right? And people do start to question about you. And I did see him peeling himself off the ground a couple times yep. tonight. But that's where he is in his career, right? And, and, and it goes to the bigger point of the caller said, he liked them, them drafting Darnell Wright, right? That when, when older guys looking good are playing well, the younger Lions are coming up, Pat, and they're getting better, <laughs> yep. and they become the all-pro, Pro Bowl type. And I went through this in my career, Pat, as you know. No, no. I never really had that late in my career, right? Yep. Never really had an all-pro, Pro Bowl type player yep. come along. So everyone keeps expecting you to be the guy, and, and you're not really in your prime anymore, and it looks like, that's where Cody may be right about now. Still a decent, a decent lineman, but don't expect him. Like, remember now, guys, the guys who ran, ran him over tonight is on a $120 million contract playing defensive end. Yeah, I just I don't see the consistency, and I think that's what happened when mm-hmm. guys get older. Little things start mm-hmm. breaking down, a little bit of strength, just all that kind of stuff just starts slipping a little bit, and he's just not consistent. I thought last week he had a good game. Uh, going mm-hmm. into that game, he was kind of up and down. He just, I think that's just where he is. And like you said, Olin, you see older guys, and it's 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 tough, man. The body starts breaking down. Mm-hmm. You start mm-hmm. slowing down a little bit. You're going against somebody who's a little bit younger and faster, and the consistency's not there. And I think that's just what the problem is. And he's putting together a nice career for the Bears, right? He's put together a very good yeah. career, but he's just getting older. And Father Time's undefeated. People always talk about it. I'm not saying it's time for him to move out of the building or move out of football. But that's just what happens. That's what happens. When you get older. You just you just can't you can't maintain that high level your entire career, and you just start slipping a little bit. And I just don't see the consistency that we saw in the past with him. And, and yeah. I just want to point this out real fast, Mark, because I think it's important. 
for, for everyone to, like, to understand the whole picture when you start talking about one guy and focusing because he did have that bad game snapping at center. Guys get run over by Joey Bosa, right? Like, that just happens in this league. Trust me. Turn the film on every week. Joey Bosa's running somebody over. I just want to say this now. The backup left tackle is playing next to him, okay? We yeah. talked about the limitations Lucas Patrick brings in at center. So now you're a left guard, aging left guard. Your left tackle's not there. Your, your, your center's limited, but everybody's saying you're playing bad, right? The offensive line is the sum of its parts. So I think you have to look at this with clear eyes. You start talking about who to clear out, who to replace. Why is this guy playing bad? Some of it has to do with that, right, Pat? Justin Fields is out. They got another quarterback in there. The running back, Khalil Herbert, is out, right? You got one guy in there playing the spot that he's been playing and trying to, trying to get all these pieces to work together. You got to look at the big picture. Yeah, no, that is very well put. Like, I'm putting myself in Cody Whitehair's shoes after listening to everything that you guys just said. And Cody Whitehair has just got to be like, come on, guy, you guys got to help me out here a little bit. You guys are killing me, man, just a little bit. And, and you know, he would not be – maybe he wouldn't be as exposed as he has been. We got to take a break here on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. When we return, we, I see you guys, a couple people still wanting to get in. We'll try to get through those calls quickly. We will also do our hot and cold of the game as well. It's coming up. Bears lose. We're talking about it right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670, the score. Mark Rody in for Mully tonight. Mully will be doing the Mully show, the, the Mully and Haw show, from 5.30 until 10 a.m. talking Bears. Man, we got you covered because we're going to be here, me and Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. We're with you tonight until uh, midnight, so we're just a, a few more minutes. But right after us, Mike Esposito will take you through the overnight. So if you want to get in right now, you want to get it off your chest, line it up, 312-644-6767. We've got our do our uh, Who's Hot and Who's Cold now, sponsored by Plumbers 911 plumbing emergency called the plumbing professionals available 24 7 at 1833 plum 911 bears lose to the chargers 30 to 13 who's your hot and cold for the night olin Krutz, i'll start with you uh my, my hot is darnell right i i really like the way that young man is playing uh, obviously he didn't make every block tonight but uh he's, he fought through something played hard uh, was the, the natural role grader he was. I thought he won some pass protection. And, and then my cold was Elijah Hicks. I thought he had a tough night tonight tackling, uh, covering, and, and just, you know, had to obviously, obviously he's the backup safety, but uh, when you get your chance, you want to see you guys make plays. And I didn't think he had a great night tonight. Patrick. Yeah, I got I, Cole Komet, just 10 receptions, um, just, you know, being active in the passing game, trying to help Tyson Bajan out with all the checkdowns. Uh, would be my hot, and then my cold is Tyreek Stevenson. I thought he really struggled today, and they took advantage of him. They targeted him early and often. Had a couple penalties as well, and uh, just just ha- kind of had a, a rough rookie night for himself, and I was hoping to see him step up a little bit, but it was a big challenge, and uh, the Chargers got him. 
you and I are definitely together on Cole Komet, 10 catches, 79 yards. He, he was very good. I like that connection between those two. My cold is, and we've we've talked about him a couple times already tonight, Bayless Jones Jr., yeah. the slipping and falling in the end zone, the fair catch interference. That's my cold for the night uh, in this Bears loss. Oh, man, seriously? Wow. I'll just get ready to take another call. Well, John, <laughs> make that Justin and John and Alan, you guys hang in there because, like I said, Mike Esposito is right around the corner. He's going to go. If you let him, he'll go wall-to-wall calls from midnight until 530 when Mully and Haw roll in here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. This has been the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. Olin Crutes and Patrick Manley, you guys are the best. Love working with you guys as always. It's always fun. Work. Yeah, Grody, love it. Too bad we didn't yep. get a win, and uh, all that hope is gone. Yeah, the hope is gone for now. For now. We'll see what the Bears do uh, next week when they are actually at New Orleans, then uh, home versus Carolina, at Detroit, at Minnesota, and that takes us all the way up to the bye for the Bears at that point. Another thank you to Aurelio's Pizza for delivering some great food for today's game. Download the Aurelio's app and start earning rewards. Visit Aurelio'sPizza.com to order from the location nearest you. Aurelio's Pizza, it is the sauce. More Bears coming up with Mike Esposito on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, thank you to Sean Sears for producing this show as well. I am Mark Grody, and you know I'll be talking to you tomorrow on the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.